0: Hello, my beautiful friends. This is Tammy Brunk with Earth Sky Woman Podcast, and I am just beaming to you from the eve of the summer solstice. It is also Juneteenth, Emancipation Day, and I just dedicate this day. I dedicate this podcast. I dedicate this um, this super new moon this annular solar eclipse this solstice um forecast to the emancipation of all beings with a very um with with such such profound gratitude such profound gratitude for the many 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 um relatives, neighbors, family members, friends, brothers, sisters, mothers, fathers of our Black communities here in the U.S. and across the globe, gratitude for all of the ways that your spirits are shining so beautifully today and in this moment. And I say this not to diminish the reality that there is so much pain and there is so much that is being stirred up and there is so much that is a great, great deal for, our, for each of you, our beloved brothers and sisters in our black communities. And also to acknowledge that what has been in shadow and what has not been seen is finally being seen by more and more and more of our human family. And I just wanna begin by bowing to the many, many human beings in this moment who are learning to face the places inside of ourselves where we have been numb, where we have not been feeling, where we have not been wanting to turn towards what's difficult to look at and bowing to all of those places within each of us in our lives and our closest personal relationships and in our way of looking at the history of this nation and um, of this globe, this global family of what has been happening in this place of separation between us and of diminishment of some at the expense um, of all of us and I want to say that I started on a positive note energetically because I deeply, deeply believe that we as a human species are waking up and it may look on the surface to be very chaotic It may look on the surface to be very uncomfortable and messy. And if you're just beginning to learn about some things that, if you're, if you're a person like many of us who are really beginning to dig deeper into the layers of white supremacy and how that is the system we live within, this may be a time where you're experiencing a great deal of discomfort and rawness in seeing the levels and the depths to which our current culture is um, Is founded in systems of oppression and pain. Um, And I would just say to again to bow to each one of us in our places of willingness to look at the difficult things, to feel the difficult emotions, and also beyond all of that, not to diminish it. And yet beyond all of that, to recognize we've all, on some level, whether or not intellectually we have. Recognized it. We have all felt this distortion. We have all felt this systemic trauma that impacts each of us at a level of our soul that has been profoundly, um, I would say it's at the root actually of a great degree of the illnesses, the um, depression, the anxiety that we as a nation and as a globe are struggling with are these unresolved traumas. Um, built into our systems. And the reason I say this is because what's coming more and more home to my mind and my heart is the recognition that we have been lied to over the course of our lifetimes. We have been lied to over many, many generations. We have been lied to about the true nature of what it means to be a human being we have been told we have been taught about the survival of the fittest a particular strain of darwinian thinking we've been trained into that from childhood for generations we have been taught to read books like lord of the flies as young people and told that that is actually the way that human beings operate when they're not being monitored and governed by authoritarian systems outside of ourselves We've been taught in so many ways that if we're left to our own devices, that we will become savage and um, we will harm each other. And the truth is the truth is that we as human beings are actually wired just as much towards pleasure. In fact, naturally, we are wired towards seeking experiences of connection more than the systems of separation that have been built, that have been sustained, um, and that are not, simply not tenable any longer. It takes so much energy to maintain systems to separate from each other, that right now it's happening, even though it may look as if there's greater separation and in many ways there is this kind of very activated polarization and separation that's being promoted. Through systems in the media and other systems, because there's tremendous fear. Um, There's always been tremendous fear of what happens when the vast uh, majority of humanity comes together and actually we empower ourselves. And so, but what our natural way of being is as a human species is to be cooperative, is to be peacemakers is to forge and create communities of coherency and mutual strength. This is actually what comes naturally to us. And there have been many, many reasons why we have become a a collectively um, traumatized culture. And we have operated in, um, in response to that. But what's happening right now, and we can see this in many, many levels, is we're experiencing a collective soul retrieval. We are experiencing collective um, healing ancestral and collective trauma, and it's messy, and it is, there are many experiences now where many of us are seeing that when we observe what's happening around us, and in many cases when we're experiencing the intensity that's also mirrored in our own internal worlds and in our closest relationships, we have There is that possibility for continued re traumatization where we simply get triggered again and again and again. And as Eckhart Tolle would put it, that our pain bodies and the pain bodies of those who are close to us or the pain bodies of those who we're reading about in social media or in the news become intertwined and we get locked into these old patterns of hurting and separating and um, wounding and. And triggering and kind of that rawness that just keeps repeating itself and getting deeper. That is one possibility. And yet for so many of us, we have come to such a place of exhaustion with the old ways of watching the news or the old ways of of being with our closest um, beloveds. And that might be that we tend to hide ourselves and we tend to withdraw. And it might be that we tend to um, to become more controlling and managing of the other. But whatever those modes that we go into when we're afraid, when we get triggered, for many of us it's become too unsustainable, too painful to continue those patterns. And so we're being forced individually and collectively and to trying new things, really um, trying new ways of relating, becoming more vulnerable, becoming more transparent, and in many, many cases, and I see and feel this personally and collectively, we are having to become much more genuine and real, and so sometimes that's explosive, sometimes that's extremely messy, sometimes that looks doesn't look pretty at all on the surface, um, but this is the process we need to go through in order to get to authenticity, genuineness, in order to come into true connection, this territory must be um, traversed individually, collectively, um, that we, it, it is essential for us to build our capacity to look at what appears to be disruption and everything falling apart around us and to recognize the necessity of This dismantling, the necessity of the letting go, the necessity of the the dying a good death of what has not served and honoring that, and then opening into a new field, opening into new ways of relating, new dynamics, more authenticity, more honesty, more truth-telling, more transparency, more, more courage in the ways that we show up personally in the world with each other, more presence. And um, I feel very hopeful right now that what's happening is a very accelerated, potent and powerful transformation and change. So I just wanted to start with that and say that this, just just to begin to speak into the astrology of the moment, holy cow, wow, are we ever in a massive moment right now? Okay, so just to lay it all out. In case you haven't heard the whole story, here's what we have. Tomorrow, at 4:44 p.m. Central Time, we have the sun moving into the sign of Cancer, which is the which is when the sun, um, w- which is the exact moment of the summer solstice. So we've got the solstice tomorrow afternoon exact, uh, which is of course the longest day of the year. It's when the Earth is. Really, uh, we're really feeling the energy and the aliveness here in the Northern Hemisphere of beautiful sun, great mystery. We are receiving this beautiful, bright, warm, nourishing, illuminating energy of the sun at the strongest and at the most potent that we can experience that. We're really in this place of light. In the Southern Hemisphere, it's the winter solstice. So it's the opposite experience. Um, in either case, we're going through a solstice where the sun stands still, where there's this experience of the um, the solar mysteries are are amplified in one way or another. You could say, of course, in the southern hemisphere that the, the sun is further. Um, in either case, we are focusing in our intentions and our prayer making. Um, we are working with the mysteries of the sun in a very pow- powerful way. So this is the summer solstice tomorrow and then we have an annular solar eclipse which is an incredibly rare event to have the annular solar eclipse on the solstice. So basically the moon is meeting the sun at 0 Cancer. It's incredibly incredibly rare that this happens. We are we are in a phase of time from 1982 until 2058 where we actually have 5 solar eclipses on the summer solstice and this has to do with the metonic cycle of the moon uh, but but after 2058 we won't have another one until i think it's 2240 something um, so another decade or so before we have another um another solar uh total solar eclipse on uh, or a solar eclipse on the solstice we have two annular solar eclipses during this period but this is just to say um, this is to put it into a larger frame. So, 82 to 58 is also, if you really kind of tune into the, that time frame, 76 years, this also is fairly close to the time frame where we have the, the sun uh, poised at galactic edge uh, during the summer solstice and galactic center at the winter solstice. And so, basically, there's the galactic, um, there's the Milky Way galaxy that is in this very special potent alignment with the earth now and this is something that lasts for about 72 years but it can only happen every 26,000 years that we're in this larger window so so we're already we already know if we look at the 20th and the 21st century we're in this frame of time the late 20th 21st century we are in this very potent threshold this death and birth I'd like to say the hospicing of the old culture, the midwifing of the new culture. This is what we're moving through right now. And it's just the eclipses at the summer solstice are another way to look at that. Um, but this also, this also is an incredibly potent summer solstice eclipse because we also have these Celtic prophecies that speak of the time when the sun is in the hand of the high man. And when I say this, the, the hand of the high man, I'm referring to Orion. And so even though we can't fully see it because the sun is illuminating this part of the sky, when you see the sun, it's sunrise, go out for sunrise. Sunset, go out for sunset. You uh, know that the sun is poised right there in the hand of Orion. The um, hunter, the, the big man in the sky, Um, know that this is something that can only again this only happens about every 26,000 years it's the turning of a great year even though the window of time where the sun is there at the summer solstice is about 76 years on either side uh, or 76 years uh, that this happens but this year we have an annular solar eclipse which is like a ring of fire and many of us won't be seeing that but the experience of it is still deeply felt, so there's this ring of fire, annular solar eclipse occurring in the hand of the high man. Um, this is a, a massive activation. And now to understand that point, zero cancer in the sky. this is a a, a, a very essential thing to understand. it's located at the center of what the Lakota Dakota would refer to as the sacred hoop, the circle of stars in the sky. So that zero cancer point where the, the summer solstice sun is located, it's at the center of the sacred hoop. And it's also, it's like a sacred cross in the sky where the ecliptic, which is the line the planets travel along, and the Milky Way galaxy at its edge, the thinnest edge, it's where those two planes come together, creating a cross. So at the center of that is the sun at the summer solstice, and so this is this is a very potent place to have that annular solar eclipse. It's a it's an incredible, incredibly powerful portal for us to be stepping into tomorrow, and that the time for that is actually Saturday and Sunday between 11:41. Um, it's going to be 1:41 a.m. Sunday morning here on Central Time where I'm at, and um, so. You know, we won't see it where I'm living, but um, it, we can work with those energies in any case, before and after the eclipse. We're still going to be feeling that. So, with some other features. Uh, well, so what I want to speak into with that is, for one thing, there's Orion, which has deeper connections to Osiris and the Egyptian mysteries. And Osiris is the god, that the goddess Isis. He's the wounded masculine, the dismembered masculine. Um, who was kind of a predecessor of of christ in many many ways and then the the high man also now does have some resonance in some christian understanding of representing christ and so you can look at that masculine that sacred masculine energy as orion holding the sun and what's happening at zero cancer what is that part of the sky about That is the edge of the galaxy is the place in many cultures and that ring of stars right there in that part of the sky is the great womb of the sky. It is the birthing point point, the birth portal. There are many ancient cultures that would say that their people come from the stars in that part of the sky, whether it's the Pleiades, Sirius and some other portions of that, that area in the sky, it's the birth portal. So we have, such a beautiful, potent imagery of the sacred masculine figure. And we could say that over time, he's been refined from this club-wielding hunter who has many stories that can be quite violent. Um, he, is, he is being refined and purified into this sacred masculine figure of Osiris of Christ. Um, and he is holding in his hand the womb, the Holy Grail, the feminine, um, this this birth point that is birthing for us this new earth reality that's birthing for us this new um, conscious creation, and within which we can also give birth to ourselves anew. And so part of what many of us are sensing into with this annular solar eclipse, and it's one of two new moons in Cancer this month, so again, this Cancerian mother energy is really um, amplified. What many of us are feeling at this moment is the, the, the return to the great mother medicine. It's a return again to the womb wisdom. And what I find so striking about and feel so much in my body about this moment is that it has to do with what many great stories would, would tell about this moment in the human, um, the human experience, which has happened many times before, where humanity comes to a place of profound imbalance, where we, har- we are harming the earth around us, where everything feels upside down, where the masculine and the feminine are no longer in harmonious relationship. Um, this is the time that we live in, a time of great disorder and of forgetfulness. And in, these, in the stories, the ancient stories that come to us that tell us of what happened in previous times, there's often the figure of a great mother, whether this is the Iroquois or the Sea story about the their peacemaker and Hiawatha and Sea, um, who is the mother of nations. Um, there's that story about a, a world that was a very, a, a time of great violence and darkness and imbalance where this this mother of nations, uh, Jigansasi, appeared at that time as well to help bring balance and order and love back into the world. There is the Hindu story of Durga, the story another time when the world was cast out of balance and Durga was called upon to return to the earth because she had been forgotten to bring it back into balance. There are other stories about Sekhmet, also who could be seen as a great mother figure many thousands of years old, much older than the stories we know of her, who was called forth at a time of great imbalance by Ra, the sun god, in order for her to devour what was out of balance and bring the world back into harmony. And so we see, feel, know that there is a a return to this mother force, a return to a recognition of the original source in our universe, of wisdom, of compassion, of universal love. And, and so what I feel very much about this solstice is that it's a moment for us to awaken within ourselves that mother presence to begin to look first at ourselves with the love the unconditional love of a mother and to dedicate ourselves to healing whatever is in in numbness whatever is been in dissociation whatever has been so so suspended within us in pain and perhaps in um, addiction. Whatever is needing the deepest mothering in us now, it's time for us to turn our attention towards those places and to dedicate and commit ourselves to our own healing. The levels of that we can do ourselves through connection to spirit, through our own practices of self-love and womb healing for men and women, as well as by coming into greater and greater vulnerability. And connection and authentic intimacy with those we find in our soul family who we can trust and who we can go into those deeper levels of connection with. And from that place, then to also step into a field of greater mothering and that mother presence for our larger human family. And so that when we see George Floyd and we see that story and we hear his story and his family's story, we see him as a brother, we see him as our family. We feel just as, we feel just as, I don't even know the word, as we recognize to the depths of our bones that this must not continue. We recognize that what has been happening is unbearable to the point that it must change. It simply must change. And this happens because we open, and of course, George Floyd was the one who was calling for his mother. And this is something that haunts me. That I wake up in the night and I remember and I consider, you know, that this is something that that George Floyd was calling for. This is something that that so many in our world are calling for is that that kindness and that compassion and that nurturance and for that kind of cultural matrix of care. That we have lost that remembrance of the great mother and so from my perspective that is a big big piece of what the summer solstice is about and this just to put it within a larger frame um, well and i want to say too with osiris or christ or however you want to say that um, that masculine presence holding the feminine another aspect of what's been very alive for us in 2020 and even more so in the second half of the year when Mars moves into Aries and then um, goes retrograde in Aries in October and begins a new cycle in Aries in November, that the masculine in men and women both has been profoundly activated. And in particular, the aspect of the masculine that is needing to be fully developed and fully awoken Part of what I see with that is that women, as women, we are learning to come into a healthier relationship with our inner masculine and to do the work to grow him up, to do the work to tend to the wounding within our own inner masculine, and to come into that place of strengthening ourselves and allowing ourselves to be strengthened from the inside out through a healthy connection to masculine energies. And that's a lot of what's happening right now. And so In a meditation that I'll be doing um, on the day of the solar eclipse tomorrow, the 20th, many of you will listen to this after that, but I'm sending a link where you can find the replay. Um, I will be doing a guided meditation with Amanda, Pua Walsh, and um, Brett Joseph. And what I strongly feel and sense in those meditations is that we will literally, Stand as Orion, as Osiris, as Christ, we will stand in that masculine, grounding, anchoring energy as we hold in our hands that new birthing energy, that birthing energy of who we truly are in the world and our fullness and our presence and our wholeness, and that that will be um, that is a place where we can stand strongly. That's what we're doing right now, is we are giving birth to ourselves, giving birth to the most authentic. Genuine, soul-led, heart-centered, um, fully potentiated, human, divine beings that we've come here to be. It's messy. It certainly um, we are coming here to be true human beings, um, fully embodied, meaning that our spirits are fully in our bodies, that we also, you know, we are um, alive in our senses and our feeling, our hearts are alive, that we're willing to, to turn toward the parts of ourselves that feel numb or afraid and be as presenced with those parts as we are to the parts that feel comfortable and fluid and alive, that we're doing that work to come home more and more to the body and to do whatever it takes to release and unchain and liberate whatever that trauma is that is lived in our energy systems and our bodies that we've carried from ancestral lineage and epigenetics. And that we are then um, truly moving into that multidimensional. As we do the the trauma clearing, as we clear our energy systems and our our auric fields and our, our, our rainbow bodies, that we then become more and more capable once we're fully responsible in 3D and fully anchored here in our bodies. We become more and more capable. Of moving between the realms and becoming the multi-dimensional beings that we were born to be. And part of what I've been feeling so much about that, that's coming in more and more lately is that, you know, even as I've been in this practice of wanting to really feel the feels, you know, and really be presence with whatever I'm feeling in the moment, be more in my body when I take in the news, when I, you know, when I'm really opening myself to what's happening in the world around me to try to anchor first into full feeling so that I can be fully present for it and only take in as much as I can integrate. That's part of my practice. So um, when I'm in a a call, when I'm in the presence of someone, you know, a beloved, a client, to be as fully anchored into the moment as I can in my body. But what's funny and interesting about that is that the more I practice becoming fully grounded and also moving my body and exercising and those things are critical. When I don't do it, I feel it. But the more embodied I become, What I find now is that there's now this other part of myself that's freeing itself so that more and more I actually find myself going into a space that feels a little bit like detachment, but it's different than dissociation. And I'm a person who really knows how to dissociate. Trust me, I've been good at it. But I'm starting to feel the difference between that and being someone who's so fully in my body that then I can just kind of go into a kind of a, a zone that's detached, that's kind of moving between the worlds and i'm capable of bringing back information from those places at the same time that i'm fully in my body now this may be something that's very easy for some of you but for those of us who are more like i I say sky women um whose tendency has been to not want to live in the body who's been to want to get out of it and and this is not true for all people um who come from European ancestry, but for many of us, that is how trauma has manifested is through dissociation and not wanting to be in the body. So for an individual like me, this experience of being more in my feelings and in my body, and then moving to the next octave of more detachment and moving between the worlds while also being here in this vessel is a pretty phenomenal experience. And maybe many of you are feeling it as well. And so, that then in some ways, and it's strange, it's almost like this feeling of, in part of my training, it's been like, you should be in your body, you should be feeling things, be fully present. All of a sudden, there's like this unlocking that happened where I was like, oh, wow, you don't have to try to do anything. You let yourself be there, you keep doing the practices to continue to be present. But now you kind of let go of that and you actually let yourself be in that experience, whatever it is. And there's part of you that is out here, there's part of you that is that witness consciousness as well as being in the body. So hopefully what I'm describing makes some sense to you. Um, I will talk a little more about the rest of the astrology of right now. Again, just to put it into perspective. So I think you get how big this eclipse is. Um, We're also within the window of a triple eclipse season, which is quite rare as well. So you know, between June, I think it was the fifth, was the first eclipse, lunar eclipse, and the solar eclipse, and then there's another eclipse. july 5th so we're already in that kind of eclipse window which is an otherworldly time accelerated kind of thing and then we have venus having just risen as morning star in the sign of gemini so there's this potent new kind of influx of this energy this new emerging feminine rising energy that we can all contact and you know i'm going to talk about and i have talked about that in other contexts but one of the ways to see this new Venus Gemini cycle and the arising of the feminine, Gemini, the Gemini feminine, is that she's helping us. I love Sasha Benedetti's work with this. She says that because Venus, from her perspective, is more of the heart energy, um, that it's bringing together heart with Gemini mind. So it's, I think of that how often they say it. it's like, what is the distance between the heart and the mind? And um, that's the journey many of us are taking is to become um, one hearted, to have our mind and our hearts be deeply aligned. So I love that interpretation. For me, a lot of what's been coming through, and for Kalen and I, with our work with the Venus cycle, the Venus Gemini cycle, we've been doing this work for many years now. We've been sensing and feeling into Gemini as, on one level, the awakening of this, um, our child mind, beginner's mind our child's imagination. It's like this, again, this kind of rebirthing energy where now we get to start fresh. And we have to, in many ways. Um, what I've been writing in my last couple emails and feeling is the time of the know-it-all is over. The time for that part of ourselves that says, I really have the answers. I know what's going on. You know, we can see this in the social justice movement, for example, that I know just the right words. I know just the right terms. I know how to shame you in just the right way. I don't mean to be too hard on that because I recognize the absolute vital need for us to educate ourselves. And yet I also notice sometimes when we begin to educate ourselves, then we begin shaming other people who are a couple steps behind us. So I think to use, to step into this fresh new beginner's mind, being willing to make mistakes, being willing to be messy, being willing to be kind of like a little kid on the playground who you know, where we get together and we create some really simple rules for how we can play together. Um, that's part of, I think, what's emerging right now. So it's like the Tarot. It's like the fool and the Tarot. You know, we're, we're forging ahead into this new territory, into the void. There's so much we don't know. And that is a place of power. We do not know. And so that's part of the Gemini Mysteries. Part of the Gemini Mysteries, also with the North Node in Gemini and South Node in Sagittarius, is that we are in the morning star Venus phase when the goddess is going to the underworld and unraveling and undoing. We are unraveling our old world story. What is the old story we've been telling about the world, about how human beings are, what our economy should look like, you know, what does money mean? What do systems of power look like? What is inevitable versus what actually is possible? We're unraveling those stories. And then when Venus is an evening sky, she's, well, even through the whole time, we are telling a new story. So Venus is the new world storyteller and Venus in Gemini. And so that is also part of the medicine. So that's also part of what's happening is this new Venus star star rising. Um, Mars is with Neptune. So there's also this softening of that masculine energy. There's going into the dream time and opening into the, uh, the, the masculine heart. You know, and so that's a part of it is healing the masculine heart we have mercury retrograde now and then we'll have venus and neptune stationing retrograde or well venus is still retrograde neptune's retrograde so by the 23rd we've got five planets retrograde and venus is stationing so um so at this point we um Again, just to emphasize, we're in this massive portal of change with all these stations and retrogrades, eclipse portal, annular solar eclipse, Venus rising as morning star. And so I'm going to close here um, because I think it's plenty of information, Uh, but just to send you so much love and um, to honor this work that we're doing to step through this portal and into a place, again, of mothering ourselves, of awakening this new child's mind and um, and really, you know, learning to um, learning to be fully embodied and fully in the feeling, while also allowing ourselves to begin to open to these multi-dimensional selves. So enjoy this beautiful, beautiful solar eclipse and summer solstice, and sending you so much love.